0: Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller.
1: Welcome and today we have a guest by the name of Mark Gordon and he's from a company called Mark Gordon and he is responsible for helping people with their customer experience He's a speaker, consultant, and a marketer. So, Mark, welcome, and let's get started. Tell us where you uh, got your education after high school.
0: Oh, well, that's a... (laughs) Well, sometimes things don't go according to plan. Um, the, The master plan was for me to finish high school and go to Ryerson, where my father went, And, uh, which had recently become a a university at the time, I was going to get an MBA and, uh, ideally get a great job in an unknown company in a small cubicle for the rest of my career. And, uh, that was the plan. And, um, long story short, my final year of high school, um, my ability to do math, it it didn't exist. I couldn't do math. I was, my my grades were getting worse and worse to the point that there was really no way. Uh, I was going to pass, much less be able to go into business school at Ryerson. So um, uh, with, the, the, with the very uh, uh, apprehensive encouragement of my parents, uh, I ended up leaving school in October of my, yeah, around October of my final year with the condition that the following September I would enroll in post-secondary. I was not going to end my, my scholastic career uh at that point so um the only school i could get into at the time uh was was seneca and i was getting in as a mature student which means i was over the age of 19. so i left uh high school october of my final year and i went to uh to work and i worked in in retail and wow did i get an education out first i worked for a, a store where i had the worst boss ever I worked there for a number of months and then I quit and I went to another store where I had the best boss ever. And it was absolutely, um, I don't want to use the word amazing, but it was an education like one I'd never gotten before. And the following year I, uh, I enrolled at Seneca for the business administration program, where uh, after three years I graduated with honors.
1: Wow. Amazing. So after Seneca, Tell us about your work experience before you started your own business.
0: Well, uh, in Seneca, um, I had a a teacher whom you might know or remember, uh, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Michael Rock. And uh, Dr. Michael Rock, um, I had him for uh, for psychology. Actually, I think he taught psychology, and we had to write a term paper and I wrote a term paper called the psychology of selling where I I explained how people react to different situations and different messaging and everything else. And and the whole dynamic behind why we say yes or no to certain situations. And, uh, I got an A plus plus in that paper. And I guess I impressed him enough with that paper that, uh, upon graduating, he offered me a job, him and a, a partner of his, we're starting a company that we're going to do corporate seminars on helping people with the work-life balance. And they wanted me to come in and do the marketing for them. So uh, I I went in a six month contract and uh, well, it it didn't go that well for two reasons. First off, I wasn't very good. Um, I was, I was as green as grass. I, I, I just wasn't that great, to be honest with you. Um, I, I did okay, but not great. My job was really to, to build up the company and get clients. Uh, and I think the other part of it was, the other reason was I didn't get along well with this partner, uh, a Norwegian gentleman, very nice guy, but uh, we just didn't see eye to eye. And at the end of my six months, um, I was politely asked to leave. And uh, that, <laughs> that was... That was the end of that. So I, at the time, I was uh, would have been around 23 years old, and I had no job and not really much money. I was living at home. I knew I didn't want to work for somebody else, but I had no idea what I wanted to get into. So I went to um, a place where all entrepreneurial dreams go to die. I went to the business opportunity and franchise show, and uh, I just walked around the aisles looking for anything to inspire me as to what I might want to go into, and I saw a guy – a guy standing at a table at a booth, and he had this machine, and he was brushing things like coins and pens, gold. He was turning them gold right in front of me. And one of the things he was brushing was automobile emblems. And uh, I, I saw that, and a light bulb went off in my head, and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do this. And uh, I, I did some research, and I bought the machine, and, and uh, I went out to try to market this service, to car dealerships in my area and uh, they all turned me down they said they had already had a, someone who was doing that so at that point I, I i pivoted very quickly and i went from being a service provider to a product supplier and fast forward 10 years later uh, i had built up the company called gold pro canada to a multi-million dollar company we were the largest uh, automotive equipment and aftermarket parts supplier in canada for car dealerships uh, we supplied um, window uh window uh replacement companies like like apple auto glass and tmg and we were coast to coast and we had about six different product lines at the time and that that's where i ended up and then in 2003 uh, i sold the company and sort of quasi retired
1: and what next
0: Uh, well, next, your wife
1: said, uh, I'm not going to have you sitting around. Well, that is true. Yes.
0: I I did sit around the house a lot. I I became addicted to Oprah Winfrey. Um, and, uh, my wife, uh, you know, like I I was getting bored and she was getting tired of having me around. So she said, you got to do something. So my wife at the time was transitioning. She was a dentist or is a dentist. And she was transitioning from working for another practice to going into her own practice. So she asked me if I'd help her market her new practice and brand it and everything else. So I did that and it was a huge success and word kind of spread among some of her colleagues. So I started to get other dentists and those in the medical community asking me to help them with their marketing. And one thing led to another. And I decided to, to actually start marketing, um, not only because I enjoyed it, but also when I had started gold pro, you know, my first company back then, this was before the internet, there wasn't really an accessible, uh, professionals weren't really accessible the way they are now, right? The way that things are now, you can go to Google, you can go to YouTube. There's no shortage of resources, both online and in person. Lots of experts who will gladly tell you whatever it is you want to know. Back then, it was very different. And if you wanted to market or advertise your company or your service, really the only alternative there was was the big ad companies. And I didn't have the budget for them and they wouldn't, it wouldn't even take my calls. It was ridiculous. So I had to go everything alone. I had to figure everything out myself with regards to what worked and what didn't and how to work within really tight budgets and guerrilla marketing and everything else. So what motivated me to really help smaller businesses was to kind of be there for them uh, in, in a way that no one was there for me when I started. I had no resources. So I, I know what it's like to, to have questions and no one around to answer them. So my intent back in 2000 and 2005, when I started doing this, was to be there for them, to provide that kind of expertise and that experience to help them, you know, avoid some of the mistakes that I had made. And, and of course, today, the, the the industry is different, you know, growing, and, and then now there's experts in all kinds of fields from social media to everything. But back then, it was a very different landscape. So that's what I've been doing. And, and over time, I transitioned from marketing more into the whole customer experience realm, realizing that that marketing really got people in the door, but to keep them coming back, that was a whole other dynamic. And that's what really drew my attention was to that. So that brings me to where I am now. And, and over the last number of years, uh, I've had the opportunity to speak all over the world to, to all kinds of organizations, both public and private. I'm in the media a fair amount. And um, I keep telling myself I'm going to write a book, and, and hopefully one day I will.
1: So, Mark, uh, I've checked out your website, and what's interesting is you don't have any other coaches or consultants who are on your team. You have uh, uh, people that are doing uh, design and graphics and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but you're the only one on uh, who does what, uh, what you're doing in terms of yeah. being a speaker, consultant, and marketer. How mm-hmm. come?
0: Well, uh, <laughs> no one's ever asked me that before. Um, <clears throat> I think first and foremost, you know, I'm the product. So for me to have other coaches or, or people who would um, do what I do, it, it's, it would seem kind of counterproductive. And the way my business is set up, when people want assistance with regards to either coaching or consulting or speaking, they come to me. There are some business models similar to mine in the fact that it's information-based where they have a, a team who basically have, have embraced the concepts and ideas started by the, the founders, so to speak, and they will carry on and offer coaching. And I, I really didn't want to take that role on. I wanted everybody to know that they were dealing with me. So it was just really a business model I was more comfortable with.
1: So what happens if you're ill or you go on vacation do you have a backup? A bus do you tomorrow? have a backup person uh,
0: to support you? Um, with regards to the marketing, I do. <clears throat> but uh, no, with regards to to coaching or that, it is it is me. It falls on me. And if I, I get hit by a bus tomorrow, or uh, you know something like that happens, um, you know that that's that's kind of it. And uh, you know, for better or for worse, that's that's how it is. That might change in the future, but uh, but for now. the truth is too is i haven't found anybody and i think if i can share some advice whenever you're going to bring people in to your company who are going to represent you whether they're going to assist you in doing what you're doing or be able to step into that role when needed and do exactly what it is you do not only does there have to be competency but there also has to be um a shared belief they have to in a sense have drunk the coolie they have to believe that everything you they have to believe everything you do. They have to do things the way you would, you know, cause it's your brand, you know, they can, they can't veer off and, and say one thing and you're saying another. And then the third item being trust, you know, you have to trust them that they'll do what's good for the organization and not, you know, do things like try to poach your clients or, you know, go off on their own and become a competitor or things like that. And some people uh, have been able to do it very, very well. And I know of some people who have not. So For me, it's just, um, I guess the opportunity hasn't presented itself yet for me to want to move in that direction. It's not saying I'm adverse to it, but a lot of things have to happen just right for it to happen.
1: So Mark, talk about the importance of partnerships to help you uh, grow your business.
0: Well, I'm a big fan of partnerships that are external, which means uh, I team up with a lot of of other people who offer complimentary services. And I've had a great deal of success with that. And and I learned that approach early on in my first company when I didn't have a sales team. So what I would do is team up with buying groups or distributors or people who sold complimentary products but not competing products. And and we would work together and I still apply that today. So for example, uh, one of the services we offer is web design, but we also offer a lot of external services. So I've been able to successfully team up with a lot of web design companies who do great websites. And what will sometimes happen is they'll do very, very big projects and we tend to do smaller projects. So if we get any big projects that we can't handle, we will send it off to them. And when they're doing websites and they realize that the customer needs some assistance with photography, copywriting, video work, things like that, they'll send them back to us. So there's that nice cooperation going on. And and again, there's that mutual trust. They know that we will not take their clients. And I trust that they will not take my clients. So with regards to external partnerships, I think it's important for any business to really try to focus on on creating those relationships and those connections.
1: So for somebody who's starting a social enterprise, and uh, if you're going to give, say, three little tips to help them in being a social enterprise, what what three things would you suggest they do? Well, I guess my first question to that would be to you, uh, as
0: in what, what do you define as being a social enterprise?
1: Social enterprise is an organization that uses business techniques and gives back to communities okay yep so three things that
0: someone starting a social enterprise should know well first off um would they be operating as well i I would ask them are they operating as a profit or non-profit and um i see no reason why it doesn't have to be profitable you can run a profitable company and still do good for the world um if they want to run it as a non-profit that's their choice but uh Me personally, I would probably encourage them to try to look at it as as a for-profit. Having a product or service, you sell and make money and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, The second thing I'd probably want them to think about is is the business model. Uh, Are they in business to supply a product or service that fills a need and through that can help make the world a better place? Or are they manufacturing a product or service to to help the world, or solve a pr- or I guess more to solve a problem, but then take some of the income that they have, that they make, and put that towards making the world a better place. So there's different business models to go with. And then the last piece of advice I'd probably give them uh, would be to, to try to get as many people on board as possible, not just employees, but I'm talking about external groups, because we live in a world now where You have so much access to so many groups, especially if you're going to go into a social enterprise who can really help you, who can open doors for you. So I would recommend anyone to, to really do a strong outreach, whether it be email, social media, going, you know, working the telephone, uh, going to events when we can start doing those again, everybody should know you. That's, that's probably my biggest piece of advice. Um, It's not, You know, there's that phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, I think the second part of that is, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And ideally, you want everybody to know you.
1: Okay, great. So, Mark, three years from now, what does your business look like in three years from now?
0: Uh, Three years from now, ideally, I'd like to be doing no marketing at all and just the speaking. That's the plan, which is what I would have told you three years ago.
1: So what's, uh, what's the barrier to moving in that direction?
0: Well, um, you know, things don't always happen as we would like them when we're in an industry where we are at the mercy of other people's decisions. And in business... In many cases it's like that you know we can have plans to do great things but if our ability to do those depends on other people saying yes or willing to sign on the dotted line sometimes these things don't happen as quickly as we would like so for me for the speaking for example you know things were moving up very quickly uh, and then you know the industry pivoted a little bit and then of course there was covid so between those two things, between a, a trend more to, um, you know, personal health and, and mental health and, and wellness and things like that, which I do not speak about. And then adding in the COVID, it kind of changed things a lot for, for not only me, but of course, thousands of business uh, business models. So having said that, over the last year, the marketing has gone up because many of my clients were changing their business model. So we were doing a lot of Uh, e-commerce websites we were doing a lot of rebrands we got into the mask business through i guess by accident so we were moving hundreds of thousands of of reusable branded masks to schools universities sports teams so the last year has been really interesting and i've done virtually no speaking uh, none in person and a little bit virtually but again that changed so i'm hoping that 2021 things will will change in some form. And I know that I'm booking up now for for a lot of virtual events. Uh, But again, you know what? Uh, You know that phrase, man makes plans and God laughs. So we just do the best we can and, and sometimes opportunities present themselves and sometimes we have to wait.
1: One of my previous interviews was a gentleman who's a CPO, a chief pivot officer, and uh, I said, I really like that title, but I said to him, you can only pivot so many times before you have to focus on something. So that was a re- a really interesting. So just to kind of move this in a, a final direction, how do people reach you? What's, what's your website and what's the best way to contact you?
0: They can just uh, go to markgordon.ca. That's Mark with a C. So uh, if they go to markgordon.ca, they can learn all about what I do and how I help businesses. They can uh, reach out to me through the contact form. And, of course, all my social links are there. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn, so uh, I welcome anyone listening. If they'd like to go to the site and connect with me on LinkedIn, or they can just search for me on LinkedIn, I'll probably come up at the top or near the top. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always game to, to make new connections.
1: Well, the interesting thing I like about you, Mark, is you do believe in giving back. And I've experienced that when I was at Seneca college. So just briefly, can you uh, talk about how you give back? Well, uh,
0: thank you. Well, um, I'm a big fan of working with students, as you probably know, and, uh, uh, I know when you and I first met, um, you, I think you were teaching at Seneca when I was there. I just happened to never have you as a, as a professor, but, uh, I know you were involved in, um, uh, what was it called shark pond, which is, uh, I guess Seneca's version of dragon's den or shark tank. And, uh, I, I was a judge there for, Oh my goodness. How many years now? Maybe six, seven years. I would be a judge there. Uh, I'm also on the, um, uh, what's it called the, the, um, professional assessment committee, I believe it's called, the PAC, uh, where they bring in uh, past students to help review upcoming uh, course content and to kind of give input on that. So I'm involved in that as well at Seneca. And I also regularly speak at a number of high schools over the course of the year, uh, which I do not charge for. I do that simply as a way to give back. So um, I obviously haven't done it this year, but – Normally, I'd be going probably uh, maybe five or six schools a year. I will go in and I will speak about uh, not only small business or managing a business, marketing a business, but I'll even uh, share ideas and and talk about public speaking, some techniques for presenting, how to work the stage, how to connect with an audience, things like that. So uh, that's my way of giving back.
1: Well, you do a good job at it, and it's appreciated by your audiences. Thank you. So thank you for uh, spending the time this morning. And we wish you well, and we look forward to seeing you more in the news. Yes, hopefully for something good. (laughs) Okay, take care. Thank you, Peter. Take care.